been good. Amen? I want you to turn with me um, in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 77. I, I want to begin to share for the, the next few weeks just something that I've been praying over as far as um, how to speak to, to a current environment without sounding politically motivated or politically manipulative. But I, I believe that God speaks through the scripture to every area of life that we're experiencing. And the truth of the matter is all of us, um, all of us are in the same environment, but we might be experiencing the pressures of it differently based on who we are, where we come from, what we've gone through. Our perspectives can be uh, skewed because of the way we perceive the world around us. And we oftentimes might not understand why or how. And in life, there are times when we all can be in a place and just ask this question, how did I get here? It's, it's, it's not what I planned. It's not what I wanted. This is not what was supposed to happen. Um, how did I get here? Like, I, I did all the things. Hello, somebody. Have you ever do, have you done all the things and still it, it didn't seem like it worked right? Have you done all the things? Come on, like I, I, I've, I've loved Jesus. I've been faithful. I, I've done all the things. I, I pray and, and, and I, I'm at church. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a witness. I, I'm doing all the things. Come on, I'm, I'm doing all the things. And actually seeing some fruit, seeing the power of God flow through my life to touch, change, and transform, uh, to see people be able to experience Jesus in a way maybe they didn't because of, of the way I'm living, the way I'm ministering. Yes, we've, I've done all the things, but how did I get here? Because if I did all the things, then I should get all the stuff, especially all the stuff I want and none of the stuff I don't. I want to just talk about some things that I think I've been living in this spot for a little while personally in my devotional time. Um, Exodus 14. Just, I don't know about you or how you do devotions, but I don't race through devotions to check them off a list, right? Like turn a page, right? The next page, whatever it is, it is. I, 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 my devotional time every day is spent where I feel like God wants me until God moves me around. Now, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I've been in Exodus 14 for a little while. Very familiar story. They're standing at the Red Sea. And uh, we've children sermoned this. We've done, I mean, we've done everything. We've heard a thousand series. And I ask God, why am I here? It's so familiar. And God said, how about, how about let's just be honest and leave off the last part of that. It's so familiar. Let's leave that off. And let's just be honest. Here you are. And you're not happy. Here you are, and you feel like you're struggling. Here you are, and you feel like you're wrestling. 
Watch Asaph. Watch him, watch him, watch him in Psalms 77. I cry aloud to God, alone to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord in the night, my hand stretched out without wavering. My soul refuses to be comforted. I'm seeking the Lord. I know he hears me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out. Come on. Wearing. Come on. My soul refuses to be comforted. Come on, have you ever been in that place where it just like, I've done all the things. Listen to what he says. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. It almost seems, watch this. You hold my eyelids open. And I'm so troubled I cannot even speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart and let my spirit made a diligent search. And will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Have you read this psalm and just go, I feel, I've got you. I am here. That's exactly what I'm feeling. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Have you ever been in the moment and, said, and been struggling so much and say, if one more person comes up to me and says, God is good. <laughs> See, you don't read. Maybe you don't read it. Like, Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your works and meditate on the mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples with your arm. Redeem your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Now watch this. Verse 16. When the waters saw you, O God. Come on, Exodus 14. When the waters saw you, they were afraid. Oh, hello, somebody. I've been living in Exodus 14 there at the face of the Red Sea. And never in my mind, through all my wrestling and all my panic and all my struggle, how did I get here, God? Did I never imagined, amen, that it was the sea that was afraid of God? The very thing that I thought was going to be the end of me, that was impassable, that was uncrossable, I never, I would have never expressed this this way. He says, oh, oh, watch what he says. He says, look, I'm struggling. I'm trying to be honest. Has God quit on me? Has God gave up on me? Is it all over for me? But I'm remembering the good hand of God. I'm remembering this. And, and yes, I, the Red Sea, there it was. God, it was so good. And they stood before the waters and the water was afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds 
poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up uh, the world. The earth trembled and shook your way as through the sea, your path as through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people. Everybody say, God leads his people. You're not ready for this. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Come on, Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Come on, I know there's not a person in this room who, who, can, who can rightly say, I love Jesus with all my heart, that hadn't sat in the same place and said, how would I get here? This is not fair. This is not fair. I was praying over a particular thing in mine and my wife's life uh, here uh, just recently, and I said, you know what, God, I'm not appealing anymore to your miracle working power. Not going to do it. I'm not going to sit here and beg for you to do a miracle. I, I literally said this. I'm, stand, I'm just sitting at my kitchen table one morning, looking out there, and I'm just saying, God, I'm, I'm done praying for a miracle. I'm done begging for you. I'm simply going to plead for your grace. I'm simply asking for mercy. I just want mercy in this situation because God, you and I both can admit right here in this place, that is not merciful. Maybe you don't pray like I do. That's not fair. That is not fair. And God, one day I'll stand before you and I know your heart will be expressed and I'll understand all things. But right now, I'm not praying for a miracle. I'm not praying for your supernatural power. All I am praying for is your grace and your mercy. Be merciful, God. I've been right here. And I need you to understand that our God is a God who not only restores us, but our God is a God who takes up our mistakes and he puts them into his plan to even bring good out of them. I, I just believe that we can trust him and he will still make a way. This world that we live in right now is not a soul that could have imagined we would be here. That people would find ways to be so divisive that even what used to be good is now considered awful. That common sense no longer rules the day. And that agendas and objectives are nothing but evil. And I say, God, can you still make a way? Let me just put this in perspective. Asaph's writing uh, Psalm 77, and he's in a horrible state in his life. I mean, he's just really in a great struggle in his life. His world is ruined. Somebody say amen. He's so exhausted, he cannot even sleep. You ever been so tired you can't sleep? I know I'm only preaching to me this morning, but that's all right. I'm used to that. He starts to describe his pain and all of a sudden through the expression of his exhaustion and describing his pain, his mind turns to the, to the, to the power of God. 
And he look at verse 19. Your way was through the sea. Uh, no, no. Uh, your path was through the great waters. Come on. Isn't there a better way, God? Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I want you to, I want you to bite on that for a minute. God led his people to the Red Sea. God, the Bible says God led his people to a, to a place that was impassable and uncrossable. God led them there. Come on, has God ever done something in your life and you just go, God, this is not fair? It's making sense. I must have sinned. I, I'm, uh, how did I get in this place? It's a horrible place. But the Bible says God led them there. God led them there. Just think of it. Here they are standing in a place that's incrossable, unpassable. The wind's blowing. The sea is splitting. And watch this. Watch this now. Between two towers of water, Israel passes on dry ground. And I want us to understand this morning that that happened not for the value of entertainment. It happened to prove to us in a history making fashion in an earth-shaking way that even when you and I are anxious, even when we are distressed, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Can I be honest with you this morning? I'm just, listen, I'm just a man like you and thank you for the honor of being the pastor. But I, I'm human. And I tell people all the time, no one ever forgets that I'm a pastor, but they often forget that I'm human. Uh, and I too am an asif. Come on. Emotionally exhausted. All right. Mentally depleted. I, I, my wife and I have been driving, you know, for the last week or so, we've been driving around and just trying. I know, like, we're just driving, and I can't count how many times lately I have missed my turn. Uh, and we'll drive by, and I'll go, that was my turn. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have no, I have no, I have no idea. You, you, you ever try to talk sometimes, and, and, and I feel like I'm good at talking, but the words just won't come out of your mouth. Just like, and my wife's like, spit it out. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> Spiritually fatigued. Is it all right? Does it scare you? 
wake up, wake up swinging in a fight just spiritually. You go, go to bed fighting in your dreams, right? I can only imagine how Israel felt at the Red Sea. And it's in those moments, I'm going to be honest, just because I know who you are, because you're just like me. We're just walking with Jesus. Come on, get in. I, I want a quick fix. I do. I just, come on, Jesus. I did all the things. I, I deserve a quick, I did all the things. You never promised me a Red Sea. Yet you led me to it. There's a method. There's a method Ace describes here that I think has been incredible. And I've just tried to put my heart into Exodus 14 and Psalm 77. And, and over the next few weeks, I just want to describe what I feel like God has shared with me. And Brenna and I were talking about it. We're just feeding off of each other. And, and I was wrestling with some kind of title or whatever. And I, I wasn't really interested in it. But I, I said to, to him the other day, I was just like, you know, God's been giving me some revelations from the Red Sea. And Brenna was like, there it is. How do we process difficulties by faith? And the light of God's almighty presence and providence and promise and power. That's how we do it. Watch this. When the Red Sea is before us and, and we find ourselves trapped by a desert and an enemy pressing in on our heels. When the past, come on church. Seems implausible. Like I can't even, I can't describe to you what the past was like. When the future seems impossible. God is working even when we cannot see. I believe he will make a way of escape. More church. I mean, I just, I just read through some scriptures here that are pretty powerful. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. Colossians, which happens to be my favorite New Testament uh, letter. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, also pray for us that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. I, I did all the things. Why am I in prison? But pray for us that God's going to even use this. Isaiah eleven fifteen, And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt and, and will wave his hand over the river with a scorching breath it, it, and strike it in seven channels and it will lead people across the sandals. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it we we want to escape without having to endure it i want to escape without having to face the red sea i definitely want to escape without having to imagine i've got to walk through it i did all the things 
But I'm here to tell you this morning, church, and I want to reaffirm this to you, that what God has been speaking to my heart, even as I have stopped appealing over a particular situation for miracle and just said, God, I'm going to put this on your mercy. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm, I'm just putting it on your mercy, God. Because if you can't be merciful, nobody can. If your mercy can't deal with it, nothing can. Come on, church. I just want, I want you to wrap your minds around this right now. No sea is deeper than the love of God. Come on, church. No enemy is stronger than his hosts. Y'all not listening to me. No force is greater than the force of grace in our life. And no enemy can overcome his direct and indirect work in our lives. The reality of the Red Sea is simply this church. God will always make a way for his tired yet trusting children, even if he must split a sea to do it. Realize this. I'm going to say this, and I want you, you might need to buckle your seatbelt for a minute. And not let your heart get offended. But God means for you to be right where you are. That's tough to swallow. Because I'm going to be honest with you. There's some places I'm at I don't want to be. And I can't believe that God led me here. I can't believe that God put me in this place. can't believe... That I would have to face this. I can't because I did all the things. But in my heart of hearts, I understand that God means for me to be here. I don't understand just why yet. But listen, it's time for the people of God to, to get some resolve. Can I say this? I have never thought I'd ever live in a situation where Christians were so willing to quit so fast. We were so willing to give up on faith so fast. We're so willing to just walk away and, and, and really do something else because of our frustration. Listen, it is time for the people of God to develop some resolve. Exodus 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, God, literally speaking, watch this, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp by the sea and face it. Stephanie Johnson came up during worship. She said, hey, I got one word. I don't know what it is. Redirect. God says, hey, Moses, tell those people. Tell those people. Tell those people. Listen to what he says. Redirect. They're trying to avoid the Red Sea. They're trying to avoid what's going to be impossible to cross. They're trying to avoid what's too deep. Amen. They're trying to avoid the struggle. They're trying to avoid getting tell them to read tell them to turn tell them to turn around. Hello, somebody. Tell them to turn around and face it. Tell them to turn around and camp in front of it. God told Moses to tell them to face it. Hello, somebody. Because I, I don't know about you. I sometimes I just don't want to. 
I don't want to. I don't want to face it. But you know, the reality is that the journey of life sometimes has seasons of prolonged periods of pain and pressure. It's those moments where I need to realize that i I got to have some resolve here. If I'm going to make it through, if I'm going to cross over, if I'm going to get beyond this, i got to have some resolve. i got to have some resolve. Are you with me on that list? When, I, when, when I'm in times of, of circumstances of where I'm hurting or I'm afraid or I'm facing the impossible, right? Listen, it's in those moments when even the smallest thing sends me over the edge. I just want to... And the truth of the matter is those times when I fall into worry and I can't sleep. And every thought is consuming. Every thought is putting a question mark where God already put a period. Y'all not helping me this morning, but I promise you I'm going to preach. You ever put a question mark where God put a period? Come on. No, God already settled it, and here I am trying to unsettle it. God, God already settled it. God already said it. Has he not said it, and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken it, and shall he not bring it to pass? Know what the Scripture says? I, and here I am trying to take a period off the end of that and put a question mark. Has he, has he, did he really? Did he? Can he settle it? See, let me, let, me just, let me put it right out here in PDism for you. Worry is that thing that betrays faith in my life. But worry is also that thing that is involuntary as breathing. See, y'all didn't want me to be honest today. The Bible calls me a sheep. Why? Well, what, I mean, what are sheep famous for? Fear. They're just scared of everything. I mean, they're literally scared of everything. And yet, and here the Bible calls me a sheep. Right? It does. It, it, but fear is not the quality the Lord admires most in sheep. Somebody say amen. But I realize too that fear is that thing that doesn't release its grip very easily. So, Pastor Don, how can we not worry? How can we not worry when our, our outflow is greater than our inflow? How can we, how can we not worry when, when a loved one is diagnosed with cancer? Pastor Don, how can we not worry when my job is suddenly gone? Pastor Don, how can we not worry when my child is in trouble? How can we not worry when there's a food shortage? How can we not worry, you know what I'm saying, when there's all of a sudden a baby formula shortage? Maybe we need to buy a goat. I'm just saying. They seem to not have any problems. I, I don't know. It's just. My, my wife and I drove by a, a, a house the other day, and, and she just noticed that day we were driving by there. Oh, she doesn't often go that way. We went a different direction. And, 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 and there's, a, there's an Amish man that lives out there, and he's got a ton of goats. And she was like, man, he's got a lot of goats. I said, yep, he doesn't have a baby formula problem. Man's about to get rich. 
I mean, how can we not worry when you turn on the news and the world is not only falling apart, it's imploding. And people have lost their minds. How can we not worry, Pastor Don? Put it, let me put it to you this way. Let's get it in perspective. How can you not worry when the Red Sea faces you, the desert surrounds you, and the enemy is speeding towards you with a drawn sword? I know how you feel. Come on. The, the, here's the Israel. This story is amazing, really. I've been kind of living there just personally, and, and, and I just want you to grab a hold of it. Israel followed the pillar of fire. And they followed the cloud as carefully as possible. They did all the things. They did all the things. And here they are, thrilled with their new freedom, full of excitement about the future. Yet God deliberately leads them to a cul-de-sac. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. God deliberately leads them in place where they are between hostile hills and they're to the edge of a sea that is too deep and too wide to cross. God led them to that place. God led them to a place of apparent ruin. You ever feel like God's done that with you? I need some people to be honest in this room today. You ever feel like God's done that to you? He's just... I did all the things. God, I've just been following you. Listen, we're we, uh, we just riding with Jesus. Get in. He's, I, listen, Jesus is not my co-pilot. He's driving. You drove us here, Jesus. God seems to be <laughs> testing our faith by leading us into hardship. To teach us wisdom. Now, I'm not a very educated fellow. And I was sharing this with Gracie even the other night. I was like, let me just give you my definition of wisdom. I don't want to be complicated because I don't know how. Wisdom to me is simply the ability to discern consequences. If I do that, that's going to happen. If I do that, that's going to happen. What if wisdom is that simple? What if wisdom doesn't necessarily mean I need to know how to escape a problem? What if wisdom has nothing to do with escaping the problem? What if wisdom has everything to do to just discern the consequences? Right? What, what, see, we want wisdom. God, give me wisdom because we got a trouble. We got a, I need a solution. I need a solution. I need a solution. God, give me wisdom. The Bible says to pray for wisdom and God will give it liberally. Right? All these things, right? And so we often pray for wisdom because we don't really want wisdom. We want a solution to our pain. We want an answer to our problem. We don't want wisdom. But true wisdom says what? Let me discern the consequences of why I am where I am. If I can do that, then my spirit understands that maybe God hasn't abandoned me. Maybe God hasn't given up on me. Maybe the love of God is still working. Maybe God is still merciful. And maybe the good hand of God is still upon my life. But my reaction, I admit, 
just confess to you this morning is often panic. Listen, when you're in a difficult place, realize the Lord has either placed you there or allowed you to be there for the reasons maybe only known to him. Can I say this to you, me and you? The same God who led you in is the same God who leads you out. Oh, my. I said the same God who led you in is the same God who will lead us out, right? It's his reputation on the line. It's his character on the line. It's his nature on the line. If God leads me to a place and it comes to my ruin, then it's on his character and reputation. But I got news for you. My God's character is beyond reproof. My God's reputation is beyond reproof. Listen, he's never failed us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. God is the God, amen, who never lets us down. When you find yourself where you thought you'd never be, I need you to understand. The perspective is everything. Have you ever noticed that your whole perspective changes when you find yourself in a hard place? Why me, Lord? It's time to have some resolve. It's time to have some no quit. I, 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 I put this up here because I want you to see it. I want you to write it down. I want you to take a picture of it. I want you to meme it or whatever that word is. The will of God will never put you in a place where God himself cannot sustain you. I did all the things. God, you led me here. The will of God will never put you in a place where God himself cannot sustain you. That's the thing, right? More than than wrestling with where I'm at, maybe where I'm at is trying to help me reveal the fact that I'm not really trusting God. If God has put us here, then his power, his ability, his grace, and his mercy can sustain us here. Are you with me, church? Y'all not with me? Let me just help you out. I got a little Bible for this. Is that all right? I got a, just so you know, it's not my opinion. I got a little Bible for this. The will of God will never put you in a place where God himself can't sustain you. Got a little Bible. You ready? Everybody say ready. Now, here we go, right? Hagar, a single mom, was forced out into the, desert, into the desert to die of thirst. And God gave her a promise. Oh, y'all not helping me. Joseph wanted, just wanted to fulfill a divine dream placed in his heart. And instead of that, he seized, he's, he, he's stripped, he is sold into slavery, and he's imprisoned in Egypt. And yet God somehow sustained him. Moses is caught between Egyptian royalty and the thanklessness of God's people. And yet God used him to deliver him. David, David is anointed king by the prophet. And yet the whole army of Israel is trying to destroy him. Hezekiah is seeking revival and he's trapped by the most powerful. I don't have time to read your Bible to you. The Lord's disciples are sailing at his command only to face a night full of terror in a storm. You put us in this boat, Jesus. 
Jesus himself, fulfilling the Father's will, is nailed to wood. The will of God. He's left there to hang by his hands until he's dead. The apostles trying to preach that very crucified one were horsewhipped. Listen to the words of the leader of that group in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Don't be surprised by fiery trials as if it's some strange thing. Oh, the will of God will never put me in a place where the power of God can't sustain me. Christians, we should not be surprised when we're seeking to do God's will that we find ourselves trapped, feeling trapped in, 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 in a painful, difficult, impossible situation. Life is hard. Everybody say amen. <laughs> we have a determined enemy who's trying to seek, kill, and destroy us. He's determined. Do you understand that the devil is determined? Jesus knew that determination from the devil. He knew that. And he says to us in John 16, while you live in this life, you shall have. I'm not signing up for that. I did all the things. I did all the things. I did all the things. But I love how Jesus don't leave us hanging. He, he says what? While you live in this life, you shall have. Well, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Come on, church. I have overcome the world. That's what he said. I'm not going to leave you hanging. God allows our faith to be tried. God permits troubles to crowd into our lives. And that don't seem fair. And it seems like more than we can bear it sometimes. But let me give you a promise from your good God this morning. You might not feel like you can bear it. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What you can't bear, Jesus can. Listen to me, church. What you can't bear, Jesus can. He's the same God. He's the same God as Hagar, God. He's the same God as Joseph's God. He's the same God as Moses' God. He's the same God as David's God. He's the same God as Hezekiah. He's the same God as the disciples. He's the same God as the disciples and the apostles. He is the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me tell you something this morning. If he let Hagar walk through a desert and not die of thirst, he'll let me walk through one too. If he walked Israel through a river, I mean through, through an ocean, he can make me walk through one too. If he can use Moses, he can use you. Come on, church. If he can use David, he can use you. But can I tell you something what God is sharing me, Don? He said this, the first step to parted waters is to frequently remind yourself that I put you where you are. <laughs> no. And guess what? God is his own interpreter. Let me, let, me, let me put that to you in a little southern way. God don't feel the need to explain himself to you. 
Do you understand? My daddy never, ever felt the need to explain himself to me. He just did it. He did it. He just said, he didn't have time for it, number one. He didn't have the patience for it, number two. Why? Because I said so. And that's all you need to know. That is it. You don't need to know another thing except for if you don't, what's coming? I learned wisdom at an early age. The ability to discern consequences. My brother, not so much. He did, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm like, man, you know what's going to happen. That, that ain't good. He would, and dad would keep his word, and I would be laughing in the corner. <laughs> Taking notes. Don't ever do that. Afterwards, I'd often have a conversation with him. Was that painful? Did it hurt? Shut up. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I mean, like, I remember, I mean, as soon as, soon as whatever happened happened and, and dad would go about his business, I would, I would show up and go, did it hurt? <laughs> I took a beating more times than not for that, but anyway. If you're a child of God, there are no mistakes. Oh, y'all not. Sean's word to us was what? You travel down an appointed way. You had no idea what I was preaching this morning. You travel down an appointed way. Here's my Red Sea revelation for week one. Are you ready? You are here by God's appointment. You are here in God's keeping. You are here under God's training. You are here for God's time. Listen to me, church. I need you to embrace this with this thought. Have you ever witnessed the power of God over the past? I need y'all to help me. Have you ever experienced God's pardon in your own life? Have you ever enjoyed the presence of God in a moment in time when it seems like you shouldn't? I want to promise you this morning that he who has carried you thus far isn't going to drop you now. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You ever, you, ever, you, you, ever, you ever remind God of his, hey, Lord, use. It's right there. Do you know God's not offended by that? Because there's a scripture that says, put me in remembrance of my word. Did God forget? No, he just wants to make sure you know. You see, some of us go around claiming some type of promise from God, and we don't even know if it's real or not. Let me tell you what ain't fake. Every promise in this book. Let me tell you something, church. This right here, this ain't fake news. Oh, this ain't fake news. This is good news right here. And in a time where I find my 
yourself, well, I don't believe I should be. I want you to understand, I don't need to worry about fake news because I got the good news. And the good news promised me that he is for me. And if God is for me, who or what can be against me? I just need to, I just need, right here, right now, in this place, if we ever find ourselves in a difficult spot, we need to remember that we are there by God's appointment for God's keeping, through God's training, for God's time. And there ain't no place better to be. See, the song says, no place I'd rather be than here in your love. The song doesn't say, No place I'd rather be than where there's no trouble. Elizabeth shared right at the beginning of worship. Hey, hey, you said that about the Lord's table. This is what God spoke to me. I prepared a place for you in the presence of your enemy. Let me just, I want to end with this thought. There's, get the notes. That's on purpose. God has the power to prepare a table for you anywhere he wants to. He's sovereign. God has the power to do it anywhere he wants to. He's God. He's the Lord of the table. Ooh, there's a sermon series, Lord of the table. Anyway, But he chooses to prepare the table for you in the presence of your enemy. To demonstrate to you who's really in charge. To demonstrate to you that you are where he wants you to be. You can't, if you're at another table, you ain't at the Lord's table. We're looking for the table that's somewhere else other than our struggle. Oh, see, I'm just, it's not in my notes, so welcome. That's not the table the Lord has prepared. What if it's my fault, Pastor Don? Listen, here's a truth. I often cause my own pain. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm going to preach to me. Maybe you don't cause your own pain. You can teach me how not to do that. But I often say things that go, that's going to hurt. I often have an attitude that, oh, that, it, that is not going to fix the problem. I, I often cause my own pain and don't follow my own advice. Wisdom is the ability to discern consequences and I didn't discern that very well, did I? And often my problems are a result of my own selfishness or stupidity. What then? Let me just tell you how I deal that in my own life. I don't make any excuses. I think sincere repentance always reroutes the will of God. Maybe consequences remain. But the Lord somehow even uses those for his good. Are you with me? In Genesis 45, Joseph speaks to his brothers and he says, 
do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. He said, what actually happened is God sent me here before you to preserve your life. Don't, don't be mad at yourself because you sold me to this place. God actually sent me here in front of you to preserve your life. I just can't forgive myself. It's not in the Bible. I'm just going to help him save you four years of counseling and trying to figure out how to forgive yourself. It's not in here. You can't. If you can, you wouldn't need Jesus. <laughs> you need to learn to rest in his forgiveness. You need to say, he can take even my greatest mistake and put it where he wants it to be. Joseph said, listen, don't be angry at yourself. You've been trying to figure out how to forgive yourself. Listen, it's God sent me before you to preserve your life. And then over in chapter 50, Joseph says to them, do not fear, for I am in the place of God. <sighs> no, I don't want to be in Exodus 14. I don't want to be there. The truth be told, I'm angry at God about being there. I did all the things. And you leave me here? Explain yourself, God. Yeah, that worked well for Job. <laughs> shows up and says, all right, Job, let's talk about it. And Job finally says, you know what? I'm good. I'm all right. Thomas says, I will not believe. Leave me alone about it. And Jesus walks in and says, here's the holes. Put your hand right in here. And Thomas says, I'm good. Come on. Who here has not found themselves at the Red Sea and demanded that God explain himself? Stand with me. Here's the Red Sea Revelation. God in his overruling providence has allowed me to be where I am at this moment. But our God is not only a God who can restore. He takes my mistakes into his plan and he uses them and brings them good all to teach me to continue to trust him that he can make a way. And I'm just going to be honest, right? I see my wife limp around in pain. I did all the things, God. Right? Or I feel like maybe... <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted out of something. I did all the, come on church. I know I'm the only one selfish, so I'll answer the altar call right here by myself. That's all I can do. Can I just share this one last time as we sing? Right here in this place, if you found yourself in a difficult spot, you're there by God's appointment. 
And the God who led you in is the same God who leads you out. And the will of God will never leave you in a place where he cannot sustain you for his glory and for his honor. Are you with me, church? The first step to parted waters is to frequently remind yourself, the Lord has put me here. And Jesus will be Jesus. And so if this is spoken to you, you want to spend a minute, let's do it. Father, here we are. Thank you, Lord, that you're not offended when we're troubled. Thank you, Lord, that you're not offended when we don't understand. Thank you, Lord, that you don't reject us, God, in moments where our understanding brings us to frustration with you. I thank you, Lord, that it's in those moments, God, where you demonstrate your grace by parting waters. Not to say, I told you so, but to say, I love you so. God, if you brought me to this place, you intend for me to be to the other side. God, if you put me in this boat, you intend for me to get to the other side. God, if you brought me to something impa- impassable, you, you intend for me to pass over it. God, if you brought me to a situation that was impossible, Lord, you make all things possible. So I pray for us this morning. Have your way. Have your way. Reminders of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. If you want to come to the altar right now, you found me, you freed me, held back the waters for my release. Oh, Yahweh, you're the God who fights for me.
here in this moment, God, I want to thank you that when our eyes are fixed on you, God, and we stand at a Red Sea moment, it's not our hearts that need to be afraid. The scripture says it was the waters that was afraid of you. The scripture says that they trembled even to the depths. And so, Father, I pray over us right now. Help us to remind us that wherever your will has led us, you intend to sustain us, God. And then in your sustaining power is also your grace and your mercy. And so we want to rest, Lord, not in the fact that there is a struggle. We want to rest in the fact, God, that you have led us to it and you intend to lead us through it. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise.